0: Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. In the heat of the night Seems like a cold sweat creeping across my brow. If I were a rich man dum All day long I bit bidi bum If I were a wealthy man I would not have to work hard Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On an ever-spinning reel Like a snowball down a mountain or a Carnival Balloon, like a carousel. Those are thematic tunes from movies that Norman Jewison produced and directed, or both. I started sailing my own boat around 1992. And since that time, I've had a lot of people join me on my boat and made memories with those people. I was counting it out the other day. And I've lost six of those guests that have joined me over the years. I could do an episode on every individual, but today I'm going to be talking about one individual that just passed away last month, Norman Jewison. So when I talk about making memories by going sailing, that's exactly what it has done for me. And this particular memory of my sailing with Norman Jewison was a bit unique because he was such a famous man when he joined me. I met Norman skiing at Deer Valley. I was introduced to him by a friend of mine, Fred Moore, who also sailed with me and has also passed on. Fred was one of these people that just is a glue for other people. He just included everybody in his group. And I was one of those that was included in his group. We skied a lot together. And he knew a lot of people. And one of those people he knew was Norman Jewison, who he met also skiing at Deer Valley. Well, Norman and I would talk at lunch and ski during the day, off and on when he was visiting. He had a house both in Toronto, or I should say a farm in Toronto, and a house in Malibu, California. We got to talking one time. And I told him that I was a sailor. And he said, oh, I used to do some sailing as well. And I was in the Canadian Navy in World War II. I said, well, you you should come sailing with me sometime. He said, oh, well, let me know. Maybe I will. And so in 2000, I gave Norman a call. And I said, Norman, I'm going to be sailing in Sicily this year. Basically, I gave Norman my schedule. And I said, This is where I'm going to be this year. Is there a chance you want to join me? And he looked at it and he said, Well, yeah, why don't I join you in Sicily? Well, as it turned out, he was already going to Sicily for the Terramina Film Festival. Now, the Terramina Film Festival is the oldest film festival in Europe. And it's held at the beautiful town of Terramina, Italy. And I know Norman was staying at the Domenico Hotel, the top hotel in Sicily. Anyway, prior to meeting Norman on the boat, I had sailed with my family. I don't remember exactly where we sailed, but we sailed down to Capri and over to Ischia and along the Amalfi Coast, Positano, and then they got off the boat in Salerno. And then after a few days traveling inland, I sailed the boat from Salerno by myself out to Capri, spent a night in Capri, and the next morning... I got up really early and started motoring towards the Aeolian Islands, or actually towards the north coast of Sicily to Portarosa, and that's where we were going to meet. Portarosa was sort of a point on a map that I chose because they had a big marina, and I figured I could wait for him there. I've talked about this before, but that trip down from Capri, I motored all day long. It was hot and there was no wind and I was motoring all day and then all night and I talk about getting up and seeing this bright light right in front of me that I looked at and I slowed the boat down and then the light went out and then it came on again about a half hour later and then it went out and as dawn was coming up I realized that was the island of Stromboli that was erupting like it has for hundreds of years But at night, you have no depth perception. You don't know if that light you're seeing is one mile or 20 miles away. And at that time, it was probably about, when I first saw it, it was probably about 20, 25 miles away from where the boat was. Anyway, I sailed on down, or I should say I motored on down, because there was no wind down to Puerto Rosa and sat in the marina waiting for Norman to join me on the boat. And during that time, I rented a motor scooter because it was unbearably hot just sitting on the boat in the marina. So I had to get some airflow across my face. So I rented a, a motorbike. And one day, I just rode up in the mountains just to get as high as I could to cool down. And then the next day, I actually rented a car. And I drove into Terramina and said hello to Norman. And he loaned me his festival pass. And that night, I went and saw... They were also honoring Peter Weir. Norman was being honored for his movie, Jesus Christ Superstar. And he got the Diamond Award. This film festival is sponsored by De Beers Diamonds. And there was another director, Peter Weir, who was also being honored for his movie, Picnic at Hanging Rock. And I watched that movie in the big Greek amphitheater at the top of the hill looking out over the Mediterranean. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful evening. And then I headed back to the boat and waited for him. And then they arrived after the film festival a few days later. And his girlfriend at the time, and now his, or now his wife, later became his wife, Lynn Satan David, I don't think she had an idea of what she was getting herself involved in. But my boat is not a luxury boat, and a lot of the people in the film industry expect to be on mega yachts and luxury boats, but Norman was fine, he was, he was excited to go sailing on my tiny little boat, but Lynn, I could see on her face, she was a little bit disappointed. It was not what she expected. But we get on the boat, and we head out to Volcano, the island of Volcano in the Aeolian Islands. That's the farthest south island, the one closest to Sicily. And when we arrived there, the pilot says that the anchorage we had was not good in inclement weather, but it was dead calm when we dropped the anchor. But when the sun went down and it got dark, the wind started building and building and building and building, and the boat was on a lee shore. So I sat in the cockpit all night long, and the boat was bucking and bucking. I couldn't imagine Norman and Lynn were able to sleep up in the forward compartment, up in the foc'sle. But I stayed in the cockpit all night because I was worried about dragging anchor. Fortunately, it was really good mud holding, but I didn't know that at the time. The boat next to me, interestingly enough, did drag anchor. I was watching him all night long. It was a big steel boat. And he was, just like me, worried about dragging anchor. So what he did is he got up in the middle of the night, well, probably around 3 or 4 in the morning, and let a whole bunch of chain out to give himself more scope. Now, normally that's a good thing to do, but what he did is he let all this chain out all at once. The boat slipped back, built up some momentum, and instead of stopping the boat, it popped the anchor out and slowly, ever so slowly... I watched him drag ashore. The next morning, he was on the, on his side of his boat. The boat was on its side ashore. It was a metal boat, and he was able to arrange with some bigger boats in the area to come drag him off the uh, off the beach. It didn't do any damage except probably some scratches on his boat. I did not understand why he didn't start his engine when he started dragging down maybe there was something wrong with his engine, but he didn't start his engine and just slowly dragged ashore that night. Anyway, there are mud baths that Volcano is famous for on shore, and Norman and Lynn and I went over and covered ourselves in this sulfurous mud, which is supposed to be, quote unquote, healthy for you. Today, you can't do that. They've got those blocked off. I went back to Volcano a few years ago with my family and of course it's become much more crowded and they've blocked off the uh the mud baths so you I don't think you can get into them anymore but it was dead calm when the sun came up it was dead calm the next morning so we motor around uh Lapari we end up motoring up the west side of Lapari and up over the north end of Lapari which is the next island north from volcano and then come down to the main quay at the town of Lapari, and we drop our anchor and back into the quay, and there's a lot of surge. It's just surging, the water's surging in and out. So the boat's moving two or three feet or three or four feet in and out and in and out because of the surge in this harbor. Well, when we get in there suddenly the weather deteriorates rapidly and we can't leave. The wind is too strong. We can't leave. And I've got pictures of a lot of this up on my website. I spent a lot of time putting together the post for this particular podcast. I have a lot of photographs of Norman and Lynn and me and the areas we were sailing and Norman and Lynn in the cockpit having drinks in the evening or actually I think it was in the afternoon. So we are stuck in Lapari, and on we're there for a couple days. This is in July. And then and then one day we said, let's not just be stuck on the boat in this little area around where we're anchored. Let's rent some scooters and go explore the island. So we did. Norman and Lynn were on one scooter and I was on another scooter. And so we start exploring the island and we stop at this pumice quarry and take some photographs, and there's some pictures of Norman and I at this pumice quarry, and Lynn and Norman on the scooter at this pumice quarry in the show notes. And then we continue on around the island and up the hill and to the top of the island. And we start down the top of the island. There's a little restaurant up there. And Norman says, let's stop and have some lunch. And we did. And it was my birthday. So Norman bought me lunch that day in celebration of my birthday. And so after lunch, I said, Norman, I saw a sign back there on the road pointing to some caves. Why don't we go back and go explore those caves? He said, that sounds like a great idea. So I, knowing motor scooters like I do, I didn't want to try to turn on these narrow, now these roads in Lepari are narrow, and there's rock walls on each side of the road, just like a lot of Italy and a lot of Europe has these rock walls on the side of the roads. So I, Hand turned my scooter around so I was facing the right direction to go back up the hill. Norman, however, had Lynn on the back of it and he twisted the handlebars to try to turn the motor scooter up the hill and these motor scooters have centrifugal clutches where you have to accelerate and then the clutch grabs and the motorcycle takes off. Well, the motorcycle clutch grabbed, and he wasn't able to control it, and ran the motor scooter and him and Lynn into this rock wall. And I've got a picture of him with a big smile on his face, sitting on the road with a rag that you can't see much blood, but he was bleeding from his arm. But he took that with a grain of salt, and it was great. So then we get back to the boat. I say, Norman, don't worry about it. I'll go take care of your scooter. And... (laughs) Fortunately, the scooter shop had rented scooters to Americans, some other Americans that had done a lot of damage to the scooters and didn't really pay attention to the uh, fact that would knocked off the mirror on Norman's scooter and put some more scratches in it. And so there really wasn't much problem turning it in because they were dealing with bigger issues than, than my little bit of damage to the scooter. Well, that night we go out to dinner, and someone in the restaurant recognizes Norman. in In Europe, the directors are probably as famous as the film stars, maybe more so. And Norman is always magnanimous and was very friendly to the person. But getting back on the boat, it's dark, and the boat is surging in and out and in and out, and so you've got a time stepping on the back of the boat, the uh, boomkin on the boat, to get on the get on get on it, and you've got to have decent balance and so i tell lynn i said lynn wait let me get on the boat and then i'll help you on and so the boat surges back i grab the backstay i step on the boomkin and i slide on no i swing onto the boat and immediately after i get on the boat i hear this splash in the water and lynn had tried to follow me on the boat right after I stepped on the boat and missed it because the boat had surged back out. And so there was a big gap between the key and, and the boat at that point in time and fell in the water. and We drag her out, and all on my birthday, a crash and then dunking in the water. We get her out of the water. She could have been hurt a lot, but fortunately she didn't get hurt. We just got wet and a little... (laughs) <laughs> frustrated with the situation well probably about a day or so later the weather breaks and we go up to a, a we i decide let's go s- see some other islands so we head on up to an island called panarea and we drop anchor and again just like in volcano it was dead calm when we dropped anchor it was a deep anchorage and there was another boat that was fairly close by that was also anchored And in the middle of the night, the weather comes up and we're on a leash. We were worried, so we had to pull the anchor up, or I decided to pull the anchor up and motor on back to Lepari. We get back to Lepari, and it's pretty packed. Everybody from all the other islands have gone back into the town of Lepari because it's really the only place to go in a storm. And so we couldn't tie up at the quay because that was full, and the marina was full, And so we found an anchorage, but it was still fairly deep, so we had to let out a lot of scope, a lot of scope. So we're swinging back and forth, just like the other boats in the anchorage, and everything's fine. The wind is consistent from one direction, so we're all stretched out on our anchor road, and we're all swinging in in unison, pretty much. We were there for a couple days, and one day we decided to get off the boat, so we take the dinghy ashore and norman and lynn go one direction and i go another direction just go wandering around this this little town of lapari has some beautiful beautiful little areas in it and norman and i talked about how they they go about scouting for film locations well, that's one of the most pleasant jobs of producing a film is the scouting of the locations if you don't know who norman jewison is Uh, He is the uh, producer and director of some very, very iconic movies of our time, Fiddler on the Roof, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Hurricane. I could go on and on. The first one they had full creative control over was The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. When I get back to the boat after I got off it, Norman and Lynn went one direction, I went the other direction. The wind had died down, totally died out again, and my boat was not where I left it so I look around and I see it's tied up over next to a fishing boat and I get in it and I a Frenchman off a of catamaran comes over and says your boat was swinging around and it was all the other boats were swinging around and it was going to probably bump into another boat so I got in my dinghy and moved your boat over there and I appreciated that because when the wind died out everybody suddenly had all this scope that was not holding them in one direction and all that scope let us start swinging to where it was unorganized in an unorganized manner. So we were tied up to this fishing boat. And the next day, we've got to make some time. Norman and Lynn are leaving from Palermo on the 20th of July. And so we motored all the way down the coast to uh, the town of Cefalu, which is a little outside of Palermo. But I didn't want to take the boat all the way to Palermo and they could catch a and they could catch a bus from Cefalu to get to Palermo. And that's where they got off the boat. It was the worst weather I've ever had with anybody on the boat. I didn't think Norman and Lynn would ever want to go sailing with me again. But we would see each other every every winter when he would come out skiing and would talk about it. And about 10 years later, I decided, well, what the heck? Let's see if Norman wants to go sailing again. And at this point in time, I was in Croatia. Now... The movie Fiddler on the Roof was filmed in Yugoslavia, which is now part of, well, well, Croatia is part of what was Yugoslavia, and he filmed a lot of it in little villages around Croatia and also in Zagreb. The uh, soldier scene is in Zagreb. So Norman told me later on, when he got on the boat, that as soon as he heard from me, he got off the phone Put it down and said, Lynn, drop everything. We're going sailing with Franz again. And Norman was excited to come back to Croatia because this is the first time, and this was in 2010. This is the first time he'd been back to Yugoslavia or Croatia since he filmed Fiddler on the Roof in 1970. So the first time Norman joined me was in 2000. And he was 74 years old at the time. The second time he joined me was in 2010. So he was 84 years old at the time. But this time was not as exciting. It was basically just a pleasant sail. We sailed from Dubrovnik. He joined me in Dubrovnik. And we sailed up to one little island and then up to the the Mijet, the island of Mijet. And uh, in Mijet, we met up with an individual that had seen me on the boat before came on the boat and we started talking. It turns out he was he was knighted. He, he was flying the white flag and so he was a Sir Nigel Southbound, I think his name was. last name was Southbound. Sir Nigel Southbound and he was a member of the Royal Yacht Squadron. I'd seen him the year before in Brindisi before I'd sailed over to Croatia and we had talked there and he explained to me what the white flag was. It was the only people who could fly that were Uh, specific people and members of the Royal Yacht Squadron. I said, hey, how do I become a member of the Royal Yacht Squadron? He said, you you have to be invited. And uh, he was invited after he retired and was knighted. And he gets on my boat. He doesn't know who Norman is at the time. And we're talking and we're having a drink. My little cockpit, we've got four people in my little cockpit, which is pretty crowded. But we're having a drink and we're having a nice discussion and Nigel turns to Norman and says, Norman, what do you do? And Norman says, well, I, I'm in the movie businesses. And Nigel says, oh, anything I would recognize? And Norman starts rattling off the movies he's made. And then suddenly Nigel sort of sits back and looks around. And I can and I I can imagine what he's thinking. He says, what the heck is this guy doing on this little boat? But it was a very pleasant discussion. And Nigel invited Norman and I over to his boat for drinks the next night. We head on up. We stop at Cortula. We anchor in northern, the northern part of Cortula. We stop at the town, and I let Lynn and Norman get off the boat and go visit the beautiful walled city of Cortula. And then we head up and anchor for the night up in a little bay farther north. And then the next day we head up to Havar, or VAR. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. And we head over to a couple other islands. And, and in the end, we get off, and there was really no adventure. There was no bad weather. It was pretty, pretty. We did a little sailing, but mostly motoring, like you do in the Mediterranean. And they got off. But when Lynn and Norman got on the boat, they said, The first trip we went on in 2000 became one of their favorite stories they told friends, which confirmed my belief that your best memories come from your most uncomfortable experiences. And so they talked about this all the time with their friends. Norman was a big canoeist. He did all the major canoes going north in Canada. So he had canoed it, and Lyd had gone on him. So he was a true adventure. But I will miss Norman. He passed away at 97 on January 22nd. And that's one of the memories I made on my boat, was sailing with Norman Jewison. During the trip we were together, he talked a lot about making films. And one of the stories he told me which I thought was interesting, was he wanted Sophia Loren to be the lead actress in the movie Moonstruck. And he talks about he flew over to Geneva to meet her, and he was waiting at a restaurant. He's sitting at the table, and she walks in, and everybody recognizes her, and she just throws off her coat, and the maitre d' grabs it before it can hit the ground. She walks over and says, Norman, 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 so good to see you again. So good to see you. And then Norman and Norman makes his pitch that he wants her to be the actress in Moonstruck. And she really wanted to, but she had just become pregnant with her first child, and she was not going to do that. So hence, I think he looked at a couple other actresses too, but he settled on Cher. And if you ever check out the movies, I've done this with Moonstruck, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Hurricane, and I think, oh, The Thomas Crown Affair. At least the DVDs I checked out from the library, uh, because I've been on a Norman Jewison Film Festival at my house lately. There usually is a special scene, a special scenes where Norman is actually talking about the production of the movie. And his thoughts on scenes and lighting and the people that he worked with on it. And in Moonstruck, it's not only Norman, it's Cher talking about the, uh, the movie, the making of the movie and also the screenwriter of the movie so if you get a chance to do that check out the actual DVD because you're not going to get this and we looked on Netflix and Prime to see if we could watch these on Prime or Netflix and they weren't available so we just checked them out from our local library but again, go out and create memories I could do a podcast like this on the other five people that have passed away since they went sailing with me and they're very treasured memories of mine If you have any comments, write me franz1 at medsailor.com. The website is medsailor.com, M-E-D-S-A-I-L-O-R.com. And that's going to finish up this episode, which is really just a reminiscing about my time sailing with Norman Jewison and and Lynn St. David. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Sailing. Here comes the story of the hurricane, The man the authorities came to play For something... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie that's more When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's